Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now, introducing the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of the world, your Combat Sport host, Maddie C and the Mako Shark. It's time for them spiking words. Hello, good morning, and welcome to them's fighting words. Thanks to Ned's. Take UFC to the Ned's level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Mako Shark, how you going, mate? Matty C, mate. I am feeling fine here. It's a great morning. It's br- it's bright and early here Ooh. in Perth. We're over here. We're, re- we're going live, Matthew. <laughs> Fight day. We're here in Perth. We're at the glorious new Optus Stadium. Ooh. This place this is a bloody behemoth here it in is. Perth. I'm excited. Can you believe what kind of a weekend we've had and what's about to come? It's been, now you talk about an early morning. It's been an early morning rise uh, ever since we, we got into town, Mako Shark, on Friday. And I, I must say, it's, uh, you would think on paper it's hard work, but we love it, don't we? We just uh, we eat this stuff up. I tell you, I'm impressed by Optus Stadium and the SEN studios here. I've been impressed with all the venues we've been to, Mako Shark, but uh, unimpressed with how the city structures its roads. As a little clip to the Perth people out there. I don't know how they get by by this, but we're, we're here and we're live. It's a massive episode. As we said, we've, we've only four... Four weeks in, and we've taken the show on the road. We are, mate. This is fantastic. We're going all around the country. We're going where all the big events are. And as you said, what a weekend it's been. There's the fever in the air. There's uh, there's excitement everywhere in Perth. We're excited. Uh, big one today. We've got yeah. John Anik. We had a great chat to the man, the voice yes. of the UFC. We pre-recorded that a couple of days ago. We'll let the listeners know a bit of showbiz secrets. But we'll bring you that chat because, mate, yeah. it was actually quite surreal to speak to John Anik. I couldn't quite believe that I was actually talking to that <laughs> voice. It's so iconic. Well, it's the whole time we've done this and, and our podcast, give the listeners the name of that again, please, because I don't do it that, all that well. Our podcast, Who the Fuck Are These yeah, Guys? So ever since we've been doing that, Mako Shark, and now coming into this, We've found that anyone in the sport of uh, MMA and boxing has been so approachable and, and so generous with their time. But even though, I, you know, you get to the start to get into these top tier guys and they're just as good, just as professional and just as willing to, uh, yep. to spread the good word, Mako Shark, of what, what's going on in, uh, in the world of UFC. So that was uh, fantastic. A lot of other things going on, though. Huge amount of things going on, mate. We are, it's fight day. Mm. We're, we're, as soon as this show is off the air, it's basically straight over to UFC 284 coming live from RAC Arena, yes. mate. I can't wait to get down there. If you're listening at home, make sure you're watching the prelims because we've got some Aussies on there. It's all happening today. Yes. So well, we're, we're going to go into the Volk a bit later, I reckon. We'll get into the Volk a bit later in the show. But, but while we've captured some audience early, why don't we just dive a little bit into some of the other Aussies and Anzacs on this card because it is absolutely chock full of uh, of talent. And anywhere you look, Mako Shark, there is absolute Greatness. So maybe we can just get into a few of those guys before we really focus in on the, the main attraction. We will do that for sure. And I also want to give a quick shout out to our boys, David King, 
and Kane Horns <laughs> on the Melbourne Breakfast Show on Friday morning, getting around. How about yourself, Matthew? Doing a bit of media street. You're on uh, primetime radio Friday morning, SEN, with uh, Cornsy and Kingy. Yes. How good's this? Um, yeah. yeah. The boys, boys were great. They're uh, they look they're they're aware of what's going on, and they've uh, unlike some other shows where they might not want to talk about it. They're all about it. I uh, I must say the line was horrific for anyone listening. We're at the airport when that occurred, but. A big thank you for the, for those guys to give us the opportunity to get on there and talk, and we hope to do it again. You've got something you want to take up with uh, with the corn, though. I do have a bit of a bone to pick with old Kane Corn. I've got a bit of a volcano, if you, if you will, <laughs> Kane. Look, I look the other way when you've been potting Patrick Dangerfield, my hero, the last few years, mate, but I cannot cop when you go on live radio, right? We're trying to spread awareness of the sport of uh, mixed martial arts in the UFC. We're giving the Volker pump up. You come out on radio and call his opponent Islam Makhachev. What have you gone with, Kane? You've gone with... Hushnikov. <laughs> Where are we at, Kane? Sort yourself out, mate. We're on live radio. You can't be calling the 155-pound champ of the world Hushnikov, all right? It's Makhachev, and I reckon by next week you'll get it right. No, well, I reckon good on him for having to go because, you know, not, not, not where their sort of uh, their bread's buttered the boys, but he's had a crack at one of the harder names, and most people say it wrong, but uh, I think you're right. I think he'll be an expert, especially after the Volk wins today, Mako Shark, and we'll be on there again with them hopefully next week, uh, cutting it up and really ramming home that he is the best athlete this country has ever produced. Now, please take me in because yes. we did mention it. Take me into some of the other. Well, that's um, it. Volk's yes. getting all the attention, isn't he? Obviously, yes. as he should, because he's that good. But, mate, there's a few Aussies. There's actually quite a lot of Aussies on this card, some that you might not know a little bit about. Mate, it's going to start early. We've had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's Jack Jenkins. He's going to be the uh, the final fight there on the ESPN. No, sorry, the UFC fight pass prelims, yes, early doors. Early probably 8.30 for the Victorians on the East Coast. But make sure you're watching Jack Jenkins yep. making his debut. Oh, he's going to break his opponent's leg. He's already cracked four legs in his career. I think the fifth's coming up, Matty. Yes, absolutely. Sounds like you might have just cracked your leg then yourself, Mako. New, uh, yeah, new, new studio, studio, new leg crack. That's okay. What about, uh, what about a good friend of ours, Jamie Malarkey, Mako Shark. Yes. Big, big fight for him, I reckon. This is a real career-defining fight, I think. I think he needs to come out and have another strong performance. What, what do you think? It's a good fight. He's fighting a bloke, an Argentinian by the name of Francisco Prado, or as we like to call him, the Toyota. Yes. Mate, not a lot known about him. He's 20 years old coming from Argentina. He's 11-0, and 0, absolutely spifflicating everyone he comes up against. But yeah. I don't reckon he's ever fought someone like the uh, the hooligan, our man Jamie Malarkey. This is going to be a banger out there. Don't miss it. Yes. Probably, uh, yeah, this is definitely on the ESPN fight pass. And look, we've been, as I've said on earlier episodes, we've been, uh, I guess, called out at times for being too loyal to the Aussie fighters. And it sounds like we're just doing it again. But... These guys are genuinely uh, top-tier guys that are about to crack into the top 15 with a couple of good performances, are they not, the ones we're yes, talking about? Definitely. Jamie Malarkey's got power in the fist. This yes. is not going to go the distance, in my opinion. No. want to also touch on another good friend of ours, Joshua Kuyakulabau. Yes. Up against a real bad man by the name of Melsic. This is a tough one to say, Matty. I'm live on air here. I don't Do want to get this wrong. Bagdasarian. Woo! Melsic Bagdasarian. You're a cunning Matthew. linguist in this area, Mako Shark. You, you don't often get it wrong, and you've just delivered well there. I now, do. tell me a little about, about his opponent. He likes to get things done quickly. He does, mate. I looked at his record. He's got, I think, four or five victories in his career under 30 seconds. A couple of one seven-second knockout, a nine-second knockout. Yeah. He's a bad man, but our man, Josh Kulabau, yes. Filipino-Australian, we love him. The, the brightest smile in all of mixed martial arts. He is a gorgeous man. It's going to light up the uh, the city of Perth if it hasn't already, Mako Shark. I can see this being a fight of the night contender, and I reckon our man Kulabau will get the job done. Please don't miss it if you're watching at home. But, uh, Matty, 
it just keeps on going. Tyson Pedro's fighting. Can't wait to see him do some yes. stuff. Our man, friend of the show, Jimmy Crute, making his return up against Alonzo Menafield. Cannot wait for this. Yes. This is, and uh, our guest, John, big fan of the Bendigo Bomber John too. John Anik, big fan of Jimmy Crute. Like, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a good story because it's been a while since he's been in there. had knee surgery, so I can't wait to see him get back in it, mate. Yes, mate. And then uh, I guess we go into the big boys. This Now, this is... Uh, for the, for the people at home that aren't the biggest fans of the sport just yet, you might be just taking a peek for the main event for the Volk, the great man. Maybe I reckon tune into this one too, Mako Shark, the heavyweight uh, bout between Justin Taffer and uh, Parker. We called him Porker, but his actual last name's Porter, uh, Mako Shark. This will be a, a quick fight. This is going to be an absolute slugfest. Taffer gang, mate, do not blink because this no. is going to be big men throwing big, 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 big punches. It's going to be soup bones swinging around in that cage. So looking forward to that. Jack Della Maddalena, the yeah. uh, the local boy. I can just hear people out in the street currently now just chanting Chanting. Jack. Della. Jack. Or Della. Della. The delicatessen, as they like to call him. I tell you what, <laughs> he's going to come and slice and dice the delicatessen. Oh, oh, boy. I like. Do they call him that or have you just done that live I've then? I've done that live off the top. I like the slice and dice yeah, with the it's... elbows and the, the – yeah, I think that's it, – it's a, it's a crime that hasn't been done already. I think we're about to start it right now live on radio. The delicatessen. He's going to really push into the top 15 with a big win here today. <laughs> and just before we, uh, we get to a break, Mako Shark, uh, the co-main is massive uh, for, this, for this event. It's got some uh, future repercussions in the, uh, in the featherweight division. Just quickly. It does. Uh, Josh Emmett up against Yair Rodriguez for the interim title there. So whoever wins that will be fighting Volk in Volk's next defence at 145. So big, big ramifications. Absolutely. Well, Mako Shark, we need to get odds update thanks to Neds. Take UFC to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, hi, guys. Absolutely pumped for the UFC uh, this weekend in Perth. I'm on the ground, and I couldn't be more excited, of course. The UFC returns. Uh, the Aussie featherweight champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, he's looking to create history by becoming just the fourth simultaneous double champ when he takes on Islam Makhachev for his lightweight title. It's going to be a tough ask for Volk. He's the $4 outsider. But we've got a couple of promos here available. We've got we've got our takedown tool. So you can get your stake back as bonus bets up to $50 if Volk was to lose by submission. And that's probably how he loses if he does. But $4, uh, a really good chance there, Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, we've got our split decision payout so if your fighter loses in the main card via split decision you'll get paid out as a winner we've also got our three leg multi bonus back so if you have a three leg multi and one of them fails you can have up to fifty dollars back of course the card is stacked with aussie fighters you've got tyson pedro jack jenkins josh coolabow jamie malarkey just to name a few so head to our market so they can all be found on the ned's website or on the app and remember to gamble responsibly. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is Them Fighting Words on SEN across Australia and on the SEN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
live on SEN. This is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Them's Fighting Words. Thanks to Neds. Take UFC to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We are back and we are very, very excited to welcome this next guest to the show. He is not only the best commentator in the sport currently, but I would say without a doubt the GOAT of uh, mixed martial arts commentary. It is the man with the iconic voice. It is Mr. John Anik, and he's here with us. How are you going, mate? Thanks for joining us. Oh, way too kind, my man. It's great to be with you guys. It's obviously a very festive fight week, and uh, I think those words are a little bit of hyperbole out of you. But you're getting me fired up with the Neds promo and everything else. I could probably use you on Sunday morning for the pay-per-view. We're available, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, you're getting us fired up because we, uh, we set out a journey about 68 weeks ago with a podcast and had a bit of a list of people that we would love to talk to, and it's come by this radio station and radio show that we've started. And, mate, we are absolutely thrilled to get the uh, chance to uh, pick your brain for a little bit. And firstly, just like to ask how you're feeling after what would be a horrific trip, I reckon, from where you are, mate. 30 hours probably, 30 hours plus? Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And congratulations, 68 weeks in on the podcast and everything you guys got going on. But, yeah, it was pretty difficult. And certainly I'm not fighting, right? So let's be clear about that, right? But I also have to physically and mentally and emotionally get myself ready to do an eight-hour broadcast. So – It was 37 hours door-to-door from South Florida to Perth, Western Australia. And I've always had a lot of respect for the Aussies who travel to the U.S. to fight because there's nothing ideal about it. And even if you think you have adjusted and you have nipped the jet lag in the bud and you feel physically in a good way, all it takes is one bad night to sort of regress and get back to where you were. So certainly we try to hit the ground running, try to get some exercise in and try to sort of stay awake and get on the time zone. All things considered, I feel pretty good. But, you know, 2.30 a.m. wake-up call on Sunday morning kind of is what it is. <laughs> it's not great, is it? It's not great on the body. But, mate, you're well-known, actually, for being one of the most well-prepared and well-researched guys in the game. So a lot of people don't even realize that, you know, bell to bell, you get there – from the start, you're calling every fight. As you said, it's an eight-hour workday from the uh, start to the finish. How do you get prepared for such a long, grueling day with so many different fighters, so many fights? You've got to know pretty much everything, don't you? And, mate, it seems like you do a pretty good job of it. But... Well, thank you, my man. It means a lot. You know, I do probably 25 of the 41 shows that we do with the UFC. And, you know, I'm very thankful, obviously, for the repetitions because I think for a lot of us, The only way to get better at anything is to have those repetitions. And obviously, I'm sure you guys, even 68 weeks into your show, are at a totally different level than you were, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever it was. So for me, this is the devil that I know. But I would be lying if I said to you guys that calling an American football game over three hours wouldn't be an exponentially easier endeavor for me. You know, I have 26 fighters that I have to wrap my head around, and that's just sort of a small cornerstone of the job that has nothing to do with television formatics and writing the pay-per-view open and making sure you're maximizing every locker room shot to try to do right by these athletes. So largely, this is my passion. It is a labor of love, but if this fight card got delayed four hours, guys, like I could make good use of the remaining time. Like I sit here right now, and I basically feel pretty good about 22 of the 26 athletes. There are a few athletes, Elvis Brenner and a couple others that I have to sort of shore up before I get to fight night. But uh, once we get to Sunday morning, boys, we'll be ready to rock. And uh, speaking of uh, Sunday morning, pardon me, mate, uh, talk to us about this event. It's uh, we've, we've seen on the internet a little bit about the, you know, inverted commas, lack of promotion. I mean, I personally don't feel there has been 
um, a lack of hype and build up. I feel like living in Australia, we've we've had it absolutely all over the TV, the radio, everywhere you drive, you see it. So I guess how big is this event in your opinion for I guess your career in what you've seen and I guess the, the if Volkanovski wins on Sunday, where would you rate that in I guess what you've seen and what you've done so far? Yeah, it's a good question. I think if Alexander Volkanovsky wins in whatever form, you can argue it as the singular biggest win in UFC history. Certainly, there are others that would be in that conversation when Daniel Cormier knocked out Stipe Miocic to become a simultaneous two-division champion. I've been doing this almost 12 years. You can be sure this is one of the five biggest fights that I will have ever called. And I'm glad it's happening here, quite honestly, right? Because if this was happening in San Antonio, Texas, I'm not sure that it would be that big a deal. Now, promotionally, one of the challenges for us, you know, we just went to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil for the first time in four years, and that was only a few weeks ago. So for me, I can't really turn the page to Volk and Makhachev until I get through that show. And we also had another live event last week. So sometimes it really is just the nature of the beast. But I got to think the internal metrics are outstanding. And it's certainly not lost on the American fan that this is the first time in UFC history that we have on the men's side the two best pound-for-pound fighters in the world going toe-to-toe. So it's a huge, huge event, and um, I think the betting line is way out of whack. I'm really excited to see what Volkanovski can do with the chance. It's so exciting, and yeah, I think a lot of people do, under, a lot of MMA fans understand the gravity of this fight and the legacy that's on the line, especially for Alex. We, uh, we had the chance to just get onto a bit of uh, breakfast radio this morning, mainstream breakfast radio here on SEN, and uh, you know, it's not huge in the mainstream MMA or the UFC, but we went with it live on radio this morning that if Alexander Volkanovsky wins, it is the biggest achievement of any Australian sportsman in history. Wow. <laughs> and we, I, I truly believe that, and so does Maddie. We both believe, I think a lot of people do, but you should have seen the uh, the text line and the call line light up from everyone at home that just, oh, no, that's, in, that's a ridiculous thing to say. But I truly think that if he wins, in Australian history, I would put it at number one. What about Rod Laver, though? And obviously there were portions of his career where he wasn't even a pro and he was an amateur and realized wild success. I mean, that's the first name that I thought of. But yeah, in terms of a singular accomplishment, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, obviously, Robert Whitaker was born in New Zealand, but we all consider him an Aussie. And certainly he had a lot of shining moments. But yes, I mean, Volkanovsky to become a the first Australian two-division UFC champion and to move up and wait to get it done and to extend his winning streak to 23. You can argue him as the greatest mixed martial arts athlete of all time. So I don't think it's outrageous for you to take that stance. You know, I can understand why maybe some people get sensitive to it, but I think you're onto something. Sure. I was, I was called many things this morning, John, on the text ah. machine. And my first lesson I was told when we started doing this is don't look at it, but uh, it, they came in thick and fast. Cause there is uh, like we said, there's a lot of people that still don't fully, you know, get around, I guess the, the sport in its totality in, uh, in the country, Mako Shark as well. Um, mate, if he wins this fight, though, do you, where do you rank him in the history of the entire sport? I'd, I'd like to know. So do you have yeah. him prime Connor? Do you have him in, in and around that? Because I think also people forget how good Connor's run was and who he beat and what he did and, the, the, I guess, the grand scale of what he did. It was absolutely amazing. And I was lucky enough to be in New York to see him win that second belt. And the way he captured just the hearts and minds of that audience and just the showmanship of him and him at his peak is unbelievable. But I would love to know, like, where, 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 where do you see Volkanovski if he wins this? I, I'm glad that you highlighted Conor McGregor's body of work because 
given the fact that he's lost three of his last four, most people don't consider Conor McGregor to be one of the all-time greats. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's on the Mount Rushmore for me, even though Conor is the biggest superstar in mixed martial arts history. But I do think that people do lose sight of what he was able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. As far as Volkanovsky's greatness is concerned, I think you can already argue that he's accomplished more than Khabib Nurmagomedov, who retired at 29-0 and just by nature of Volkanovsky's schedule. You know, mm -hmm. when you talk about the greatest featherweights of all time, that was – a three-headed conversation between Max Holloway, Jose Aldo, and Alexander Volkanovsky for a time, and yet somehow, some way, Volk has actually closed that conversation by virtue of beating those guys four effing times. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Islam Makhachev, as I will say in my pay-per-view open this weekend, is an absolute phenom. Even before Khabib became the champion, Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov and others were saying that as soon as Khabib's done, it's going to be Islam. So... If Volkanovski is able to move up in weight and beat this guy, I think you can certainly argue that it's the singular biggest win in MMA history. And even though for me, John Jones is the greatest mixed martial arts athlete of all time, Volkanovski would absolutely unequivocally enter that conversation. I think, yeah, without a doubt, I put him well ahead of Khabib. If he put, I actually said he probably put him ahead of Khabib as is, but if he wins on Sunday, I have him no doubt up there with John Jones. But uh, look, I want to ask you a little bit about a few of the other Aussies on the card. I know you're a big fan of the uh, the Bendigo bomber, Jimmy Crute. Oh. He's, uh, he's on it, and I'm so excited. He's a good friend of ours as well. We've had him on the show a couple of times. And, mate, I get hairs on the back of my neck thinking about this return. Oh, man. Obviously, it's been a long time coming for Jimmy, and he's had a lot of professional adversity despite being just 26 years of age. I think at times maybe he was a victim of expectation. You know, it was guns blazing on Dana White's Contender Series, and mm -hmm. you had commentators like me, you know, anointing him the next big thing, and some of the injuries sort of intervened. But I come back to that word repetitions, and Jimmy Crute obviously has had a lot of those. And it's interesting when I hearken back to previous fighter meetings with Jimmy when he talks about overtraining a little bit. I think for Jimmy, he just kind of had to reset, take a few deep breaths and kind of get out of his own way. I mean, there's no denying the work ethic, but sometimes when he gets in the octagon because his skills are so appreciable, he forces the issue. And I think you're going to see a more measured approach from Jimmy Crude. Of course, in the matchup with Lonzo Menafield, easier said than done. Um, but Jimmy is the betting favorite. I think he deserves that distinction. And I think you're going to see a little bit more measured approach and just yes. overall a more layered mixed martial artist. Definitely think he's going to get a little bit back to that uh, grappling basis. Of he's, people have forgotten how damn good he is on the mat with his jiu-jitsu and his grappling, like what he did to Paul Craig and stuff like that. Yeah. So if we can see, because of his knee injury, I just don't feel like he uh, felt confident in it. But I reckon now with the body right, yeah, we're going to see a new Jim Crute. And he also said to us in the fighter meeting he's keeping a – low profile this week by design. You know, there have been times where everybody has wanted a piece of Jimmy Crute and he's kind of sort of laying back in the cut this week. And I think that's probably the right approach. But, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, he's still just 26 years of age. And I don't know when you guys, how old you are, or when you feel like you really came into your own. But for me, it really wasn't until I was in my early thirties that I acutely figured out who I was. So, you know, I think Jimmy's saying a lot of the good things and I think he, mentally he is very tough, but, um, Make no mistake about it. There's a lot of pressure on Jimmy Crew walking out to open this pay-per-view Sunday morning. There is, absolutely. And, uh, look, we're going to get back to you after the break. We've got a few more questions. But if you like a Neds pump up, here comes another one. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is Them's Fighting Words on SEN across Australia and on the SEN app. 
live on SEN. This is Them's Fighting Words with Maddie C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Them's Fighting Words. Thanks to Neds. Take UFC to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Mate, John, you have probably the, uh, the dream job of anyone in the world, I reckon, sitting cage side for all these moments. It's, uh, it's got to be almost surreal for yourself. I reckon you've probably got to pinch yourself at times. But huh. with everything you've ever seen, what would probably be the most memorable thing that stands out to you? Well, I think there's a little bit of a recency bias when I mention Leon Edwards' knockout of Kamaru Usman. But I have long said that the most special part of this job for me is seeing a non-champion break through and become a first-time UFC champion. So most of the moments that I hearken back to are those moments when somebody breaks through to become a first-time UFC champion. Rose Namajunas, I believe, against Ioanni M. Jacek, and, of course, most recently, Leon Edwards, obviously, Alex Pereira and some others. But I would have to say, in terms of a singular fight, it was actually in Brisbane, Australia in 2013. It was mm. my man, the lead horse, Mark Hunt, taking on Antonio Oof. Bigfoot Silva. To this day, still probably the greatest heavyweight fight in UFC history. Yeah. And because it was happening in the morning in Brisbane and it was a UFC fight night, I just kept thinking, I hope the Americans are actually watching this play <laughs> out right now because this is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. So yes. that's probably the most memorable fight that I've ever called. I was like shaking when I was walking out of the Brisbane Entertainment Center that morning. So that will always sort of uh, be a special moment for me. But the Leon Edwards call, I think, is, is probably the most singularly special broadcast moment. And uh, you talked about you hope that the Americans were up and watching. I, I saw a lot of Twitter uh, talk from the most recent event with uh, big Derek Lewis and uh, Sergey Spivak, and people were absolutely freaking out that they'd waited up and, and watch that. They were, they, were, they were quite disappointed, John, with, with the big fella's performance in that, which, you know, I, I, it looks to us from the outside that maybe he's just at near, near the end, I think, the big guy. And, uh, but, yeah, it was a bit of a lacklustre performance for a lot of people watching at 3 a.m., I think, your time at the time. Yeah, and obviously the Europeans have absolutely – they don't want to hear the complaints from the Americans about the start time for these fight cards. Let's be clear about that. But, yeah, I mean I think that – it felt like a little bit of a lackluster main event, and you don't want to take anything away from Sergey Spivak, but That's my right. thesis statement is that Derek Lewis doesn't seem ready to headline anymore. He's not going to be competitive, I don't think, against the top five guys in the world that can really do it all and mix it up. Stylistically, I didn't think this was a great matchup for him. It felt like it was an eventuality that Spivak was going to grapple, be able to take him down and eventually submit him. And, you know, I do think in some part it speaks to Derek Lewis's lack of evolution. He's the greatest knockout artist in UFC heavyweight history, obviously cardiovascularly he has worked very hard to put himself in better shape but in terms of the wrestling and the grappling and the maintenance um he's either not doing the right work or not making the requisite improvements so i'm not sure if he's done like i think his show money is such that we're going to see him two or three more times in the ufc perhaps in favorable matchups with strikers but um i do think his days of contending are over as uh, as fans of his, I think we'd like to uh, to not probably see him against these up and coming bulls that are getting the rub to be you know the next big thing. We might like to see him against maybe some some older heads where he's you know that sort of performance might not be happening, mate. Just right. back to your your preparation for a minute as well. I'd love to understand because you do have the best seat, and we spoke about that. But you, some of the things you see, I mean, it's just unbelievable and so close. How do you, I guess, not turn into a fan at times and just call it so clearly and you you get it right every time it's it's like seamless but like if you put anyone else in that seat i just 
I just find it amazing how you, you manage to capture the essence and the moment always correctly, but also you're obviously a massive fan of it. How, how do you do that? Is that just muscle memory? Is that just is it part of the preparation or is it just a, a skill that you, you're lucky enough to have? Because it, it seems impossibly hard looking from the outside. Well, candidly, it gives me a lot of confidence when you start talking that way. And when Israel Adesanya, I remember, had a quote when I think he had said something that he regretted. He said, you speak on the mic enough times and you're bound to miss the mark with some bars. And it's not as though it hasn't happened for me. But I take this job so seriously, perhaps too seriously at times, that All the anxiety for me, guys, is in the preparation. It's not in the performance. I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to the prep because, candidly, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, we shouldn't be doing more than 11 or 12 fights per card. Like the – for me, prepping 24 fighters compared to 30 is just like a totally different beast. I'm not sure that I can effectively prep 30 fighters the way I can 24. But, you know, in terms of in the moments, you know, like – I do feel like at this stage of my life, almost 45 years old, I can recognize that that maybe I have some natural ability as an orator to sort of react on the fly. I do think sometimes I morph into a fan a little bit, and Joe Rogan always says we're professional fans, and we try to toe that line. Um, But at the end of the day, I think what has made our broadcast booth resonate with people is that you guys do feel like we are fans. And even though we are professional fans and calling it down the line – the reason why we're in those seats largely is because we are rabid MMA fans like you guys are. So, you know, we've never had a perfect show. We probably never will. Um, But this is the soundtrack of these men and women's professional and personal lives. And we just want to make it as special as possible, right? So that when their families are ingesting this, when their children, however many years later for a lot of these athletes are watching these fights, um, that it's not just the mixed martial arts, but it's also the soundtrack that they're proud of. Absolutely. And I think you guys being fans deep down, it shines through nothing better than that the reaction camera, you guys, when the camera ha. shows you, DC, Joe Rogan, <laughs> reacting to some crazy knockout. And you can just tell it's just pure fandom. It's, just, it's the humanity of it just coming out. You can't help that. I know I read a lot of comments on Twitter and online. Some people go, oh, they're just they're, they're staging this. It's all rehearsed. It's my couldn't be anything further from the truth. That is as natural human reaction as you can possibly get seeing that type of stuff up close. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, it's crazy when people think that we would play to the cameras, right? Joe Rogan is literally holding us back as if (laughs) it's like a car accident to try to protect us. It's a little tiny camera right in front of Joe. We aren't playing to it whatsoever. But you guys know, I mean, this sport provides unpredictable theater like no other. I mean, those are our organic reactions. For me, I'm just trying to make sure that I cap the fight with something effective before I just go completely bananas. You know, there are times where, like, I don't use my diaphragm properly and I start to see stars. I feel like I'm on a blackout, you know. But ultimately for me, I'm not a catchphrase guy. You know, I want every call to have historical context. I never think about what I'm going to say. I have no idea what I'm going to say if Volkanovski breaks through, um, but I want that call to be special to the moment. And if you think too much about what you're going to say, it's not going to be organic to the moment. But, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy job, and um, i got to go earn it again Sunday morning. And I've got no doubt you will, mate. And it's great, great answer because it's not just that moment then. It's, it's generations and generations of people that will go back and listen to this. And there was a – I can't remember the game. It was a playoff game just recently in the NFL where 
a lot of the you know the guys from Barstool were just freaking out on Twitter about the commentary and how lacklustre they were calling the comeback, and that's going to be there for the history of time. Like that might be one of the great playoff comebacks. I'm just I wish I'd, uh, I'd the, the names of the teams came back, but it was a couple of old guys that were just sort of it was almost like they're having a tea party calling the game and weren't actually capturing what was happening. And then that's going to be there forever, isn't it? So it's sort yeah. of like it's on you to really, I guess, deliver that because it's not just going to be heard live. It's going to be played for, for decades and generations to come. No, you're absolutely right. And one thing that I can always control is my energy. Even in Perth, Western Australia, as far away from my kids as I could possibly be. That's one thing that I can always control to make sure that I bring it and I have that energy. And part of that is physically just getting my body in position to have the energy, right? But I also feel like, you know, I'm the captain of the team. I'm the leader of the broadcast team. And so if my analysts, when it comes to their energy, ebb and flow a little bit over an eight-hour broadcast, i got to always be there, right? I'm not the professional athlete, right? I'm the guy who is supposed to raise the level of my analysts. And... That is a big part of my focus. So, yeah, sometimes I hear these major sporting events. And um, even, you know, after, I don't know if you guys know, but what happened with the Buffalo Bills player, DeMar Hamlin goes into cardiac arrest. And then the next game, you know, Naheem Hines returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And I felt like that call just could have been better. And I'm talking about elite, elite announcers. And yet I felt like that call left me uh, wanting a little bit more. Well, John, mate, it's been an honor to speak to you. Uh, we can just tell, you know, you're a lifelong fan, just like we are. It's been an honor to talk to you. We're, uh, we're very new to this. We're just in the media space. This is our first USC event as media. We're very excited to get down to the press conference and the weigh-ins and that. So it's going to be all pretty new to a couple of blokes like us. So if you see us there trembling, just maybe come over and uh, give us a glass of water or something like that. Well, thank you, boys. I wish you guys all the best with the show, and hopefully we can uh, we can connect maybe after the pay-per-view. But I will see you guys at the press conference. and. Uh, Enjoy the show, man. It's going to be pretty wild. Absolutely. You've been fantastic, mate, and we wish you all the best for Sunday. And, yes, we'd love to uh, maybe have a beer with you one day soon, mate. So all the best and chat soon. Of course, brother. Stay in touch. Have a good day, boys. Thank you, you. sir. Thanks. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This is Them's Fighting Words on SEN across Australia on the SEN app. We back after this. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Welcome back to Them's Fighting Words. Thanks to Neds. Take UFC to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Matty C, how good was that chat with the great man, the one and the only John Anik? Unbelievable, Mako Shark. Um, and you've told me a little bit since we had the chance to inter- interview him on Friday. You've told me a little bit about him outside of the UFC oh. and the sort of the sort of oh. human being he is. We always oh. focus on the athletes or the commentators because we see them, but some of the stuff this man does away from the cameras, Mako Shark, is uh, is second to none with his uh, kind heartedness and giving. Humanitarian philanthropy. He's a philanthropist. Matthew is what he is. He does things for people, mate. He's a, yeah. he's got a kind heart, a gorgeous soul. Yeah. Yeah, people in need. He gives away his tickets because they get tickets. These blow. Obviously, he's at the uh, he's, he's at the commentary the desk. Spot, he's got he's got tickets. He gives them away to fans in need, people with you know hard luck stories, things like that. He doesn't go out there and advertise it either. He does it under the, under not, the radar. Not like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who like buys a truck for someone and then does the big sort of look at the, the yeah. you know he does the TikToker and he does all the stuff. You know, he's TikTok and everything, and and, and it's no. like, well, you're doing a good deed, Dwayne. 
but you're sort of you're, you're putting it in the public to get something back. I think uh, yeah. the fact that I hadn't even heard about that with yeah, John was he's a uh, saint, John Anik, and uh, yeah, for him to come on the show, that's great for us. I'm very excited we've had him on. Great to have him as a friend of the show now. Absolutely, he's now a friend of the show, and hopefully he'll be a friend of the pod. What's the pod called again, Mako Shark? Our pod is called Who the Fuck Are These Guys? F O O K. Say it in an Irish accent if you're out there. And the socials, please. We've got to get that out. Yeah, follow us on uh, Them's Fighting Words. Sen on Instagram. Definitely get around us because we put up content. Very very good content, crisp content. Weekly content on the pod, weekly content on the show, two doses of content. Yep. If you're into MMA and boxing, get right around it. And now I'm going to ask you to get right around this next few minutes, Mako Shark, which is the big... The big one. The big one. It's That's the big, big boy. boy. It's the big coffee cake. It's <laughs> the big boy. I'll tell you what, we're only minutes away now Yeah. from getting the hell out of this studio, <laughs> throw the headphones on the floor, run out the door. We're going to RAC Arena, Maddie, and I, I'm actually pumped. We've been waiting for this for years. We really have, and it's about to happen. We've got our man, Alex Volkanovsky. He's going to make history this morning. He um, really is. He is, and I want to ask you why. Give, why? Me, give me three reasons why. I think because he, he's that good, mate. I think people are sleeping on how good this man really is. His level, I still don't think people quite give him uh, the credit he, he deserves yeah. and demands. And yes. I know Islam Makhachev. He deserves a lot of credit too because the man is pretty unbeatable at times. He looks unbeatable at the moment and he's got that sort of Khabib Namagomedov sort of aura about him. Playing devil's advocate, as I said to you uh, in the podcast this week, Islam Mahakchev, he's got an okay resume, Mako Shark, but it's not its not exactly like it's its full of your sort of uh, your A-listers, no. your, big, your big swingers, you know, your Bradley Coopers and your, 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 your Brad Pitt types. We're sort of talking Netflix couple of Netflix movie type operators, Mako Shark. Chris look, Pratt's or something like that, maybe? Yeah, Chris Pratt's, a few yeah. Pratties. But what I'll say to you, which absolutely blew me away, yes. was this stat. Yes, this is a good this stat. Is, this has made me so much more confident about what's going to happen in a few hours today, Mako Shark. The reach advantage. There's all, in all this talk, get in the ring, small boy. Where is this short yeah, guy? All that. Show mate. me where is short guy. I'll tell you, his reach is an inch and a half longer. Alex has the reach. He's got the reach. He's got the reach. He's got the small stature to get up from the wrestling, and yeah. then he's going to piece you up like he did Max Holloway. He's got the short legs, I tell you. <laughs> I've got the short legs. I'm going to go down. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to pop back up. It's so taken do. four weeks for you to get in your absolute flow, and now we're doing uh, accents. I'm on another level. I keep telling you this. I've been, I've been through it all. That's Alex Volkanovsky in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. But, no, he's – he. don't worry about this short guy narrative because yeah, yeah. it really doesn't matter. Well, let's flip it for a second because there will be – um, Islam fans out there, and there will be, right? And this is, a, this is a national radio show, so let's just also talk to him and why, why does he win, do you think? If we're looking, if well, the Vol- why does Islam win? Because he has outrageous Dagestani wrestling. He's got yep. that Sambo style. He is, you know, I don't want to say unstoppable, unbeatable. These are words people use for Khabib. Yep. And I think he's kind of just taken on that lineage. He's like yep. the next incarnation, so he has that aura about him. Yes, but I think Alex is the man that can probably he can he can break through that. I reckon he has the talent, the level of skill that he has, and I truly believe if he does get taken down, he's got the little legs. I reckon he can get back up, and if he can get back up, Islam's face. I reckon it's going to change. Well, that's 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 a big call, and the striking of, of Islam is that a little bit underrated? Do you think? I mean, he, we, we've spoke about it on previous episodes of our podcast about Charles, the olive, Oliveira's chin, and he allows himself to be hit and he'll give him an opportunity. And where others have, uh, have failed to, to really take advantage of that opportunity, uh, Makachev, Mako Shark, hit him, dropped him, him straight on, see yeah. you later, belt's mine. Do you think he has the power to possess a, a jaw-stopping uh, 
strike. Look, I don't know if he's going to be able to stop him. Mm. I don't think he's got the one touch power, but I think his striking is underrated. I think that gets okay. slept on because of his wrestling is just so immense. But I think he has better striking than Khabib did. So, yep. you know, I don't think he has Alex Volkanovsky level striking or stand up. So, but it will be interesting because that threat of the takedown is oh so great. Yes. It's always this overwhelming fear people have of being taken down, which then allows you to get the strikes in. And we saw when he was put in a, one of the all-time chokes by Brian Ortega, it was a strike that led to that. Well, yeah. So he was susceptible to a Brian Ortega strike. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm obviously all in on Volk, but I'm trying to play the two sides so we give a fair... It was almost a freak occurrence. It was. From Ortega. He went for the kick, and then I think he caught the kick and then come through with a sort of a jab, which kind of dropped Alex, but it was more of a trip as off well. Off balance, a little off balance. And then like still. a little snaky boy just went, latched <laughs> yeah. on and just sunk that guillotine in low. That was amazing. That was probably one of the greatest moments. So I'm going to put you on. It was. I'm going to put you under the, under the spotlight and under the pump. So hearing why Islam wins and hearing why the Volk wins, where does your absolute brain think and what do you think is going to happen in a couple of hours? Do you think he can get it done? Yes. Our man. I think he can. He's got me pumped. He's got me convinced. The last few months, I, I've come right around. I think Alex is going to get it done. I think the roof is going to blow off RAC Arena in about five hours' time and we're going to be there front and centre, potentially pantless. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, Matthew. <laughs> Well, the, yeah, potentially patentless is unbelievable. And then if he wins, Mako Shark, we've talked. We don't want to get into that again. But what do you think he does? Does he stay at 155 or does he uh, does he sneak back down for a little 145-er? I think he holds true to what he said. I reckon he'll go down to 145 because he doesn't want to hold the division up because he's okay. that kind of guy. I'm going to be active. I'm going to be an active champ. He's going to go down. He's going to do 145. Then he'll be straight back up, defend the 155, probably in Australia, hopefully later That'd in be the big. year. That'd and, be just more And is that where we think uh, Connor might fit in? Well, we can only hope. No, he's got the Chandler fight. I don't think okay. the timeline will match time up will next match year up. for that. Next year for that. Mako Shark, I would like to hope that if he goes up and wins this uh, 155 belt and then goes back down to 145, they don't do any of this silly nonsense with the interim stuff. Just... No, they won't, mate. They won't. But yeah. anyway, what a great week, Matty. I love you. I love the show. Make sure you're joining us next week. Neds are the official wagering partner of the UFC. Download the Neds app and take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. This has been Them's Fighting Words on SEN across Australia and on the SEN app. Let's go, Volt. We'll see you all next week.